Think this positive. I've got a little something else for you. I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or your heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am at your command. Half the task that you do, you might just as well turn over to me. And I will do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done. After a few sessions, or a few, uh, excuse me, after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great people, and alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, but I work with all the precision of a machine, plus the intelligence of a person. Now, you may run me for profit, or you may run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will lay the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am called habit. Most of us know the proverb 22.6. Train up a child... Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Some of us older ones, how well were we trained? Are we doing good? How well are we training you younger people? We think that Scripture means to Train them in the ways of the Bible, which it does. How to get along with the family, in the community, and in the world. Okay, you know that Proverbs 22.6. How many of you know the next verse? The next verse. Verse is, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Let me say that again. The borrower is slave to the lender. How well were we trained in taking care of our money matters? 
how well are we trained, training you younger people in money matters? We older people are setting our habits, some good, some not so good, some even bad. You younger people getting your education, now's the time to learn good habits. Some of you younger people are dating, others will be, and you would be thinking of marriage. Let me give you a bad statistic. Most marriages that fail list financial problems as a contributing factor, if not the main reason for the failure. And it's just as bad in the Messianic congregations, in the churches, as it is in the secular world. Sorry to say that, but it is. How well are we handling money today? GallupBankrupt.com survey said only 32% of Americans would be able to cover a $5,000 emergency with cash without getting into debt for it. National Foundation for Credit Counseling survey 2008, approximately 76 million American adults have no non-retirement savings. And I'm sure it's worse now. The average American household, excuse me, Federal Reserve and U.S. Census Bureau statistics, the average American household has $91,000 in total debt. Federal Reserve statistics again, June 2008. In 2007, total consumer debt was $2.5 trillion. Consumer overall indebtedness, including mortgages, increased from $1.4 trillion to $11.5 trillion from 1980 to 2005. U.S. bankruptcy courts. Annual bankruptcy filings have almost doubled since the bankruptcy laws were reformed in 2005, bringing us back to over the one million per year mark. National Omnibus Survey, 66% of working Americans experience moderate to high levels of financial stress. One-fifth of those believe that their financial stress has gotten worse in the last 18 to 24 months. 
Retirement Confidence Survey. 53% of Americans have less than $25,000 in retirement savings. 43% of those people are over 55. 30% believe that they only need $250,000 or less in total retirement savings. Retirement uh, Confidence Survey, when asked how they make their retirement planning decisions, 45% of working Americans say they guess. Elected officials, our spoiled Congress, is only a reflection of our spoiled selves. The good of our country is overlooked. So our pet special interest groups can be served. Just like the good of the family is often overlooked, so dad or mom can have that special trinket, that sports car, that diamond ring, that latest or greatest electronic device, iPhone, iPad, i-whatever. We must possess it. Matthew 6, 14. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As a people, we have forgotten how to delay pleasure. We are living in a society that microwaves everything. We must have it, and we must have it now. We are being taught by everything around us to have dessert before dinner. Our entire nation is in financial stress at the individual level, at the city level, the state level, and the national level. Are you depressed yet? Larry Burkett of Christian Concepts said that in 1929, only two, two percent of American homes had a mortgage. And by 1962, only 2% did not have. A fairly recent survey conducted by Consolidated Credit Counseling Services found that 71% of Americans say debts are making their home, uh, home lives unhappy. A study in the Wall Street Journal states that 70% of the American public lives from paycheck to paycheck. People, God doesn't want you to live that way. He wants you to live above that. Interestingly, a Marist Institute poll published right after that 
Wall Street Journal articles stated that 55% of Americans always or sometimes worry about their money. So if 70% are broke, only 55% are worried, I guess the other 15% are asleep. This part may not affect you young people right now because mom and dad are still paying most of the bills. But it will affect you later in life when you are on your own. So don't tune out. Give me your attention. We want it all. We want it now. And we can get it all by borrowing before we can afford it all. Over the last 40 years, we have become a nation of consumers instead of a nation of producers we used to be. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. Not to consume and squander it away. We have every line of credit we can get. Visit their Visa card. Dine with us diner card. Gas us gas card. Master you and master me master card. And any other card we can think of, gold, silver, platinum, titanium, it's time we started controlling our money instead of money or the lack of money controlling us. It is a paralyzing cancer that is rampant in our country, in our community, in our Congress, uh, in our Congress, excuse me, in our congregation, in our lives. The problem is that most of us don't have the skills to help ourselves. Because of the way we as Americans are taught and seduced into buying stuff. Cars, houses, boats, Rolex watches, designer clothing, and on and on and on. Don't get me wrong, I like nice things too. But there's a time to buy them and a time not to. If you can't afford to buy them yet, now is not the time to buy them. Don't go in debt to buy all these things. Don't buy a $50,000 sports car just because you want it when a $18,000 Toyota Tercel will do just as well. Or even a cheaper car. You get a... Uh, a clunker even. 
as some call it, to dry for a little bit. Those credit cards, my suggestion is your bills. Take your bill with the least amount. Pay it off first. While you continue to, of course, to pay the minimum amount on your other cards if you can, pay off the smallest amount first. And then what you were paying on it and the next card with the lowest amount, pay it off. Leave that uh, card with the highest amount to pay off last. And when you pay them cards off, cut them up, throw them away, get rid of them. I know you say, well, i, I got to have it for work. Okay, that's one thing. But you can save up money. It take a period of time to, to save up money. You pay off the debt first and then, then save up. And uh, you can have it in your bank account and use a debit card. Um some say, well, I get airline miles with my credit card. You know, 70% of those are never turned in. A Jupiter Media study says that there are 15.4 billion credit card advertisements, impressions, on the American public every three months. Yes, 15.4 billion credit card advertisements every four months. How well are we handling money? As a culture, we are ignorant of what money is and how to handle it. Our ignorance is not a lack of intelligence. It is a lack of knowledge on a particular subject. How many of you have been taught about finances? How many of you have been taught when you make a purchase? Do you know how? To count the change back or how the cashier should count the, the change back to you? Or do you depend on the electronic device? You young people, well, maybe even some of you older people, do you know how to balance a checkbook? Few high school seniors can keep a checkbook balanced. They are taught virtually nothing about real-world money. I'm not talking about the money on Wall Street. I'm talking about the money on your street. My training was, I, I come from the old school. My mom and dad never did have a whole lot. And they never had a credit card. 
because credit cards didn't come out until like 1955. My training was, if you can't pay for it in cash, you can't afford it. So you can't get it until you can't afford it. When I moved out and got married the first time, we had nothing like most young married people at that time. And probably the same for a lot of people today. Consequently, we come out of high school, or even college, and we set up housekeeping. We don't have knowledge of how a lease works, but we sign one. We don't have knowledge of cars or car financing, but we buy one and sign the loan papers. We don't have the knowledge or the implications of credit cards and high interest rates, we get five uh, pre-approved cards in the first two years out of school, and we use them. We don't know the rule of 78s, or prepayment penalties. So we finance our water beds, our stereos, TVs, washers, and dryers. It was all so innocent and happened so slowly that we didn't see the monster in the closet. Does anybody know the rule of 78s? Do you know what I'm talking about? What the rule of 78s is, you've heard of the 90 days, same as cash. Are no payments till next year. They get you to sign on that dotted line. That sounds so good. But what they don't tell you, and if you don't read that fine print, and I'm talking fine print, that if you don't pay that loan off within those 90 days or before the first of the year, and 70% of the people do not, then when it goes over to that 91st day, they say, gotcha. And they charge you the most amount of interest the state will allow them to charge. And in a lot of cases, 24%. And that's not on what you still owe. That goes back to the day one, the original loan. So what you've already paid off, a lot of times that percentage rate will drive it right back up there again. That you, In some cases, you even owe more than you did when you started. That's the rule of 78. 
First, we've got to understand money is active. Finance and money are always moving. Time, interest rates, amounts, cash flow, inflation, and risk all are intermingled to create a current that is ever flowing. Whether you choose to impact these uh, currents is irrelevant. They still go on. If you took $10,000 and buried it in the backyard for 10 years, and you dig it up, it will not buy as much as it did when you buried it. And that's obvious. We must learn that the current or the flow of mathematical process is always affecting our money. It never stops. Second, money is amoral. Or in other words, money has no morals. That it is neither good nor neither bad. The love of money is the root of all evil. Be careful of a society that assigns value to a person based upon its wrong view of collecting stuff. Matthew 10, excuse me, 10, 26 through 32 says, So do not fear them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, and nothing hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear in your ear, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Instead, fear the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them shall fall to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs on your head are numbered. So do not fear. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father who is in heaven. In Proverbs 21:20, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. But a foolish man devours all he has. Larry Burkett said money problems are normally not the real problem, but instead are only a symptom of a personal shortfall. Where is your heart? That's where your money went. Where your heart is is where your money went. Again, Matthew 6.21 For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's ask ourselves, how do I look at things? 
is my <coughs> excuse me is my perception through God's word or the way of the world's. We need a plan. We need to serve one master and one master only. Verse 24 of Proverbs 21 goes on to say, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or will stick by one and look down on the other. You cannot serve God and money. Psalms 24.1 The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything we have belongs to Him. Everything we have comes from Him. Malachi 3.10 and 11 Bring the whole tenth into the storehouse, so that there will be food in my house. And put me to the test, says Adonai, the Lord of hosts. See if I won't open up for you the floodgates of heaven and pour out for you a blessing far beyond your needs. I brought that in not to... Not for a sermon on tithes, but if you, I brought it in that if you're true to God, how much more true He will be to you? How much more He will provide for you? And going on further, uh, that was 10, 11. For your sakes I will forbid the devourer to destroy the yield from your soil. And your vine will not lose its fruit before harvest time, says Adonai, Lord of hosts. He wants to give back to you. Proverbs 13, 22 A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That would be your grandchildren. Not just your children, but your children's children, your grandchildren. We can't do that if we spend it all, or worse yet, left them with our debt. As I said, this is not a sermon on tithing, but everything in our daily lives. You can not only dramatically affect your financial life by having a quiet time early every morning, but it will also affect your career, your spiritual life as well. I 
actually we do what we really want to do? Do you truly want to change certain areas of your life? Then you will need to try new ways of doing things. I'm sure you've had some special plans to do something. With me, hunting or fishing, you actually wake up even before your alarm clock goes off. It's absolutely amazing how your mind and body will cooperate for something you really want to do. We have to take time. We'll take a conscious effort and some changes have to be made to find that quiet time. And learning from the Lord, learning from your past, do something quick, uh, do some quick reviewing and thinking where you need to be in, for instance, five years with your family, with your career, with your retirement. You may ask, what does money have to do with this? Oh, excuse me. You may ask, what does this have to do with money? Or how we're handling God's finances. It has everything to do with it. When we neglect the spiritual part of our lives in this busy everyday world, we do not run on a full tank of fuel or full power. A quote from Zig Ziglar. If you do the things you need to do when you need to do them, then someday you can do the things you want to do when you want to do them. I hope I've got you thinking. It's time for some soul searching. What am I doing with the blessing of his provisions? It's time to turn this world, our world, back around for God in his ways. Proverbs three seventeen and 18. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who grasp her. Whoever holds fast to her will be made happy. Limitations 5.21 Adonai, turn us back to you, and we will come back. 
Renew our days as they were in the past. Does this sound familiar? We sing it every week. It's the Etz Chaim. Adonai wants you, he wants me, to be a servant. And not a servant to credit or debt or money. He wants us to be filled with his good blessings so we can be a generous giver and bless others. There's three principles to money. There's spending. But I suggest that you learn how to spend and spend wisely. There's giving. And we know that God blesses a generous giver. And there is saving. Save up for that uh, time later in life when you will need it. If you don't have a budget, I would suggest you make out a budget. Because if you don't tell your money where to go, it's going to tell you where to go. And it'll be gone before you know it. If you have it assigned to a specific place to go, then that's where it'll go. You have a certain amount assigned, and once you use that amount, say, let's say for eating out, once you use that amount for the month, that's it. You don't eat out anymore that month. And you'd be surprised at the end of the month. In our case, we had more money left on budget than we did before. Heavenly Father, we praise you, Lord. We worship you. We bow at your footstool, Father. I pray, Father, that some of my message, some of my sermon, O Lord, would be taken to heart. That people will want to learn more. And they will dig in. Father, let us not be ignorant of money matters. But let us get intelligent on the matter of money and on what you would have us to do with the provisions you give us, O Lord. Thank you and praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen.